You're listening to the Cryptid Creatures Podcast with Todd and Brian. If you've had an encounter and want to be on the show, email us at info at cryptidcreatures.co or visit our website at www.cryptidcreatures.net. Went to this location and never ever experienced anything crazy there or just out of the ordinary. I jumped down out of the truck and as soon as my feet hit the ground, every hair on my arm and and neck and back of my neck just stood up. Something's not right. Got back in the truck, and out of the corner of my eye, I see movement in front of me. I looked up and I saw Bigfoot. This is the Cryptid Creatures Podcast. I am Brian, and with me as always, right over there, is my co-host Todd. What's up, buddy? Bring another Bigfoot episode on the show today. What do you think about that? I'm always down for a Bigfoot show. Always, and I think our listeners are too. So tonight we're going to bring on Chuck. He's from Oklahoma. He's a researcher, and he's had, uh, I think, several different experiences or Ooh, maybe an encounter. Oklahoma Bigfoot. Yeah. Have we had one of those yet? I don't know. Uh, I don't. If not, we do I now. I think we have, but I don't know. it's been a long time. All right. Well, anyway, let's bring Chuck on and see what he's got to say. All right. Let's get him. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Doing good, Chuck. Thanks for talking to us on the show. Hey, I, I'm, it's an honor, man. Oh, for us too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit um, back and forth online, and um, you are a Bigfoot researcher. We know that. Um, right. You've had more than one encounter, I know. When was the first encounter? When and where did it happen? Um, my first encounter was in um, November of 2015, and um, it was on. Uh, I was actually working that day, and um, I, I work in the oil field. And the place that I, my dispatcher, I worked nights at the time, and at this at this one particular night. Um, well, it was actually early in the morning, the very next morning. And, uh, my dispatcher sent me out to this location. I'd been there hundreds of times. Uh, never, ever had anything weird happen. Uh, never heard anything strange. And this, this location was right on uh, a river that's to the north of me, uh, called the Cimarron river. And, uh, little did I know that, uh, there had been sightings out there uh, before, not, not very many, just a couple here and there over a period of several years. And, um, I pulled up on this location and, and that's, that's kind of how everything started with me. What state are we talking about here? Oklahoma. Okay. Tell us what happened to you. Okay. Uh, so let me back up just a little bit. I'll, I'll give you kind of a, uh, short rundown of, how I got started in all this. Uh, yeah. when, I, when I was about seven or eight years old, I, I was fascinated uh, by Bigfoot because uh, my mom allowed me to go see a movie called uh, Sasquatch, The Legend of Bigfoot, or vice versa. I can't remember exactly the name, but it was something like that. And um, I always wanted to see one. Um, that was my goal, but I always thought that if I ever wanted to see one or find one, I would have to go up north somewhere, uh, Washington State or Oregon or even Vancouver, someplace like that. I, I never thought in a million years that I would ever find them in Oklahoma or Texas. And so um, after that happened, um, the not finding Bigfoot people showed up in Oklahoma. And uh, we went, uh, I took my son. Uh, I have a son. Uh, he was about, oh, nine, eight or nine at the time. And I asked him, I said, hey, these guys are going to be in town. Would you like to go see them? And I, for the life of me, I couldn't figure out why they were coming to Oklahoma. And uh, 
he was he was like, yeah, let's go because we had been we had been watching some of the shows and stuff, and so my son was into it, and uh, so we we go to the the town hall meeting and we pull up there and there's I bet you there's over a thousand people there, and I, I was just shocked. Uh, I, I'm like, what are all these people doing here? Are, are they trying to get you know more people to watch their show or what's going on exactly? And, uh, so I, uh, I went ahead, we got there and, uh, there was a big, tall Indian guy that was standing in in line and, um, he had this track with him and, uh, I walked up to him. I said, Hey man, where'd you get that track? I'd like to get me one of those. And he just started laughing at me. And, uh, he said, we got this, this on the Canadian river which I live in a really good area uh, when it comes to the species because I've got a river to the north of me and I got a river to the south of me. And um, so he said, yeah, I, I got this on the Canadian river and it was a 16 inch track. And I, I, I think my mouth hit the ground when he told me that. And he said, yeah. And the funny thing is he said, we got, we're tracking another one right now. That's got an 18 inch uh, track on it. And I was, I was just shocked. So from that point on, um, even though I worked at night and stuff, I, I kept my eyes and ears open and, um, I went to this location, like I said, and, um, I got there, um, I'd never ever experienced anything crazy there or just out of the ordinary. And, um, so I got there and I, I jumped down out of the truck to start my job. And as soon as my, my feet hit the ground, every hair on my arm and, and neck and back of my neck just stood up. Uh, and I thought, Oh, Oh crap. You know, or something, something's not right. And, uh, my first intuition was this was like November and I, it was like the second or third day of deer season. And I thought there must be a, a deer hunter right here close by. And so I decided, you know, maybe I need to walk around the location so this guy can see me and knows that I'm doing work and I don't get shot. I mean, that was my first, my first thought. So I walked around and never did see anything, uh, never did hear anything. So I started, started doing the job. Um, I, I was doing the job and got back in the truck. I was going to write out a ticket. And, um, I started writing the ticket out. Now the corner of my eye, my peripheral vision, if you will, I, I see movement in front of me and I'm thinking, uh, okay, well, what am I looking at? Cause I looked up and I saw, uh, I saw Bigfoot and he was probably 40 yards from, from the front of my truck. And, uh, there was a big, kind of sand dune sitting there and uh in oklahoma we have what we call wild plums uh, wild plum thickets and people go out and they find these plums and they make jams and jellies it's really good uh and there was a big plum uh wild plum thicket right there and uh that's where he was he was standing in that plum thicket there was a great big oh cottonwood tree that was right there by the sand dune as well. And he was peeking around the tree. It was looking right at me. And, uh, I thought, man, this is crazy. He was, I could see black hair. Uh, his face was charcoal colored gray. Uh, I never saw him blink. I never saw him move. Uh, it was almost as if I was looking at a statue and, um, at that point in time, I thought, man, I must be really tired from working all night because I'm seeing stuff. So I finished the job, um, got down out of the truck, put all my tools and stuff on the truck and uh, started to drive off. And I looked over there one more time before I left and uh, I looked over there. He was gone. Uh, I never saw him leave. I never heard a noise. Um, and, and I knew instantly what I had seen 
um, when that took place, I knew exactly what I had seen. And from that moment on, uh, I, uh, that passion that I had when I was a little kid came back into me and I wanted to, I wanted to see more. I, I wanted to go out and research. I wanted to know what these things were. What what are they doing? What are they doing in Oklahoma and Texas? Um, so in February of uh, 2016, just two months after I had my, my first encounter, I went down to the big thicket, uh, Sam Houston National Forest down in Texas, and uh, hooked up with... Uh, Bob, Bob Garrett and all of his crew and went on an expedition with those guys and, uh, was there for, oh, about three days. And, uh, it changed me completely. Um, I casted my first track down there, uh, collected audio, uh, took a couple pictures, saw them several times. Um, I actually collected a hair sample, um, that was right outside of my pickup, um, one morning and, uh, I still have it. And I, I, you know, since then I've been, I've been, uh, to several different places. I went on an expedition to, uh, land between the lakes, on um, the Kentucky, Tennessee border and got mm-hmm. some really good photographs there. Um, I, uh, I've been on two expeditions here in Oklahoma, just got back from one, uh, a couple of weeks ago with uh, Mary Fabian uh, from Pennsylvania Bigfoot Research Group. Yeah, we know Mary. And uh, Mary and I have been on actually, we've ac- I've actually been on two expeditions with her. Uh, she came to Oklahoma a couple years ago, about three years ago, I guess it was, and uh, hooked up with them then. And then uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, they came back to Oklahoma and hooked up with them then as well. Um, so that's, that's pretty much, uh, my, my deal. I, I've, I've traveled to quite a few different States, um, Kentucky, Tennessee border, actually Texas, Arkansas, uh, been up in Alabama. Um, I've been to several different areas, several different spots. And it seems like every place I go, uh, if I'm, if I'm there for a while, I, I, I find them or find evidence that they're there or actually, uh, hear them, uh, doing audio calls. And, uh, so I, you know, I don't know if I, you could consider me being blessed or cursed. One of the two, I I don't know which one it is, but could be either one. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at. Have you, have you been in the Pacific Northwest? Did you, have you made it up there? I have not. Um, it's one place I definitely want to go. I'd love to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary has uh, invited me to come to uh, Pennsylvania. So that that's going to be something in the works, I think. So. Cool. So back to your first encounter. Yes. You said you saw this thing and then you went on about your business and did your work and then you left. Yes. While you were doing whatever it was you were working on. Were you worried that this thing was still watching you? Did you have that fear still the whole time or? Um, you know, at, at that particular time, uh, doing the job that I was doing, I, what I, what I did for the job was I, I, I had a big semi truck and, uh, with a tanker on it and I would, I would haul salt water from oil well sites and send them to, or, load up the, the water from the, the site and, and haul them off to a disposal. And, um, that's basically what I did back then. And so after staring at it for about a minute or two and not seeing any movement, um, I didn't, I was concentrating on the work I was doing, but yet at the same time, I, I, I was pretty cautious. I mean, I watched, I was watching my surroundings, but I never did see anything. I never did see move. And of course, while I'm putting my tools and stuff and, and these great big long hoses on, on my truck, I, uh, you know, you're concentrating on doing that stuff. 
you know, and at the time I, I'd stared at this thing for like two minutes and it wasn't moving. Never saw it blink or nothing. And I, and I, and I just thought to myself, man, I, I must be tired because I, I'm not seeing anything. I'm not hearing anything. So I just went ahead and concentrated on getting the job done. And then once I got that done, when I hopped back in the truck to drive off and I was starting to drive off, I looked over there where I had seen this thing. And when I looked over there at the time, uh, it was gone. Um, there was no sign of it being there, uh, nothing. But I, I did a smart thing when I, when I saw it. I reached down and grabbed my phone and took a couple pictures of it and then set my phone down. And there again, all during that time that I did that, I never saw movement. Uh, I never heard anything, never saw anything, never saw it blink. I mean, it looked exactly like I was looking at a statue is what it looked like. And when I got back in the truck and was pulling off, I mean, it wasn't there. And like I said, I, I knew right then and there what I had seen. And believe it or not, I was on cloud nine because that was something that I had wanted to see for a very, very long time and had never, ever had that chance or opportunity. So as soon as I, as soon as I got back to the office where I worked at, I, I was pulling out my camera, showing them pictures. And of course, the guys there just laughed at me and poke fun of me but i you know i didn't care because my attitude was you know what i don't have to prove it to you guys i right. proved it to myself mm -hmm. and, and and then uh, like i said that that desire or that passion to know what these things are or were and what i had seen i i wanted uh, i it didn't bother me that guys were laughing at me i mean i i knew exactly what it was that i had seen and uh, mm. it changed me. So, what what time of day was that? that you saw the first one. <clears throat> the first one that I saw was I got there a little bit after six in the morning, and it was the mm. last job. It was the last job that I had to do. So, it took me probably thirty to forty minutes to to do the job. And during that time, um, that's you know, I, that's where all that kind of took place. And I probably left the location a little bit before seven, maybe. Um, okay. so it was between six and seven o'clock in the morning when it happened. Yeah. yeah. He's probably out getting breakfast. Yeah. I'm just glad he wasn't munching on me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you said you were like 40 yards away. Did the picture turn out decent enough to see anything? It doesn't, the picture that I took was in such a, a brushy area. I mean, you can see it, but it's, it's, you know, I took it with my, my camera. I mean, not my camera, but my cell phone, uh, cause that's the only thing I had. And cell phone, a 40 yard picture with a cell phone. In 2015, it's, probably it's, isn't the best. Yeah. It's not going to be the best picture. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, you know, since then, I, but now I use a, a Canon EOS with a 300 millimeter zoom lens. And, you know, I can, take, I can, I can take some pretty good pictures with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll do it. Being that you were 40 yards away, I don't know how much detail you saw of the face. Did mm -hmm. this thing look more human like to you or more, uh, ape like to you or what, what would you describe it as from what you could tell? Um, I, I would have to say that it, it looked more ape-like than anything. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Thing else. Um, like I said, the, the hair, I could see the hair around the face. It was black. And, and I could see the skin color of his face, which was charcoal colored gray. And I could see two of his 
shoulders and it, there was black hair on the shoulders as well. Um, but it looked more, it looked more ape-like than anything else. And I would have to say that almost every one that I've ever seen, um, I think all have that same characteristic. It's more of an, of an ape-like, um, uh, ape-like looking creature than anything else. Hmm. And I, uh, I, I, I do believe that this is uh, some kind of, after all the times I've been in the woods and after everything that I've experienced so far, I would have to say that I think that these things are some kind of undiscovered primate. I, and I really wholeheartedly feel that. I mean, I, I've seen one of the people that I have in my group, uh, she's an anthropologist and an archaeologist. And um, we've talked, uh, sat down and talked about a lot of this stuff and a, a lot of the things that I've experienced and some of the things that she's experienced. And, um, that's the one thing that we can agree upon is, you know, I, I had people come to me and tell me, well, we think that they jump in a UFO or they go through a portal or this and that. And I'm, I'm not going to put myself in a box at all. Uh, but I'm also going to be pretty direct into what I see and what I experience. And I've, I've had people on my radio show before that have told me that, yeah, these things jump through portals. And I, I asked them, I said, but you, how, how can you say that? Why, why do you say that for, for, for an example, give me an example. And they say, well, we have found trackways out into a field. And all of a sudden, the trackways just stop. They disappear. It's like this thing jumped in a portal or they jumped in a UFO or something and took off. Well, me and the, my, my group that, that I research with, we actually found a trackway like that out in, out in the middle of a wheat field. And we followed it. And sure enough, it got out to a certain location and the tracks just stopped. And I thought, well, that's, that's kind of weird. Um, we've never experienced anything like that before. I've heard of that. So we got down on our hands and knees and started examining the tracks that were there. And what we found was that in some of these tracks, it wasn't a five-toed track. It was a ten-toed track because this thing had walked backwards into its own tracks and went a certain distance and jumped up in a tree, found mud on a tree, going up a tree, going across a limb, jumping to another tree, and um, then jumped off the tree, that tree, and went walking a complete different, completely different direction. Um, wow. we, we've actually seen that and found that kind of evidence. So do I think they're, any kind of paranormal? I, I really don't. I, I haven't found any kind of evidence to say that. Now, there's people out there that say they do. And like I said, I'm not going to criticize people for saying that because in all actuality, we don't know everything there is to know about the species. And that's why me and hundreds of other people go out into the woods on a continual basis is because we want to know what's what what is this thing what is it right and, you That's know what we all want to know yeah. exactly exactly mm -hmm. so so of all the places that you've went squatching mm -hmm. we'll say uh what's your favorite place to go oh my gosh uh of course i'm i'm pretty partial to uh oklahoma um Cause I've, Home I've state, been, yeah. I, you know, I've been, I've been to so many places in Oklahoma and Oklahoma has them. When I first got out and started looking uh, around, um, I, I began to find all these different areas. Uh, one of the locations that, that we go to quite a bit is down in a place called Honeby, uh, which is Honeby, Oklahoma. Uh, it's in the, uh, in the mountains down in Southeastern Oklahoma. Uh, it's where the siege of Honeby took place. 
Uh, I'm sure you guys have probably heard about that story uh, about the family down there that, that got attacked. The siege of Honabi happened back in oh the early 2000s, um, I believe. Uh, that was the dateline. There was there was a uh, a family that lived down there. Um, they were they were deer hunters, and the deer down there are very plentiful. And their their father told them that hey, you guys need to buy this cabin down here. Uh, a lot of deer down here, and so the brothers. There was like three or four brothers that that. Uh, decided to go in and buy this property and they planted clover back behind the cabin. And, um, of course that brought all the deer in. And after a certain period of time, um, it brought the Bigfoot in as well. And these guys didn't know anything about Bigfoot at the time. So they started experiencing all these different things around their property. In fact, they had back in the back part of the house, they, they had a barn and, uh, they had a, um, oh, uh, a freezer out there, and they would they would hang these deer uh, in the barn to let them bleed out, and then once they bled out, they'd stick them in the in the freezer. Well, what what started happening was every time they would hang deer's up deer up, uh, they'd come out there the next day, and the deer would be gone. So they thought that was a little strange, and um, decided to just start putting the deer in the freezer after they stayed out there and let them bleed out for a little while. And so that's what they started doing. And the next thing you know, um, their freezer was robbed. Um, all the deer that were in the freezer, those deer be gone. Uh, this happened for quite a while and they, they were getting pretty ticked off. They thought somebody was hijacking their deer. So this went on for, for a while. Uh, they ended up, putting a chain around the, the freezer to keep it chained up and walked out there one day and the chain was broke and the lock was broke and all the deer that were in the freezer were gone. So they decided that whoever this was that was doing this, they were fixing to put a stop to it. And by that time they had, they had started having some strange things happen around the cabin. Uh, they would get slaps on the side of the cabin one of them had a niece that come over, uh, and she was chased, chased and, uh, finally got into the cabin, uh, away from harm's way. I think, uh, one of the brothers that was there, his wife and kids lived there with him for a while. And he ended up sending his wife and kids to another area, uh, because, one night they, the wife and kids were sitting in the living room and um, all of a sudden she looked, felt like something was looking at her from the big bay window in the front. And she turned around and looked and there was one standing there at the bay window looking at them. So all this stuff was going on. So the brothers ended up, uh, they called, or the one that was living there called the other brothers and they all came up. Um and had guns and they uh one night they stayed on the back porch and um sure enough a, a bigfoot come walking out of the wood line uh toward the house and they started shooting and supposedly they killed one um at the same time that happened uh there was about uh, three or four more that stepped out of the wood line coming toward the, 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 the brothers and the brothers freaked out of course. And, um, they, they sat there and the one that they shot was actually laying on the ground. Um, so anyway, they watched two of these, these two other ones come in and they picked that one up and grabbed it. and uh, went back in the wood line with him. Supposedly that same night, there was a, a truck driver that was coming down the mountain there. And there was, there's a four way, uh, there was a stop sign there and he stopped at the stop sign. And as he stopped at the stop sign, he sees, uh, two Bigfoot carrying this other Bigfoot, uh, across the highway. 
and goes up to the mountain on the other side. Supposedly, uh, the two Bigfoot, rumor has it, the two Bigfoot that carried it up to the top of the mountain actually buried it up there. So anyway, the townspeople got really upset. Uh, there's not very many people that live in this town. I mean, I, I think maybe two, three hundred at the most. Uh, and that's a pretty wide area of, of people in that, in that community, which it's a small community. And, uh, I go out there quite a bit. Um, but the, the, the citizens of the town actually ran the guys off that, um, that actually had all that happen. And the citizens down there, they're pretty familiar with them. They've lived with them for all these years and haven't had any kind of issues. Uh, so they, they, they didn't like the fact that these guys had been messing with them and had shot one of them. So, uh, they actually ran those guys out of town as far as I know. But anyway, I stay in a cabin, um, down there, a buddy of mine who, uh, actually was one of my guides on the very first expedition that I went on, uh, has a log cabin down there. And, uh, I go down there quite a bit. And in fact, that's where me and Mary and her sister went uh, a couple of weeks ago, we stayed at the cabin and there's always act- activity there around the cabin. Um, it's a really good spot. I've been down there numerous times. I casted the very first track on the property. My, I took my son down there, which my son is, he's 19 now. Uh, a couple of years ago, I took my son down there and we stayed in the cabin. And the last night we were there, I hear uh, footsteps on the deck, the front deck. And uh, we hear, or I hear, I'm awake. I'm listening to these footsteps and this is about two o'clock in the morning. And I hear the footsteps come up on the deck and then I hear the, the front door, um, jingle, uh, like they're twisting the doorknob trying to get in. Well, come to find out there's a, there's a female that stays around the property quite a bit and she's really curious about the property and curious as, as to what goes on there. And so she, she's made an appearance quite a few times. Um, and she's the one that's actually trying to open up the doors, uh, on the cabin when they know somebody's in there. And when we were there a couple of weeks ago, um, we had, um, the last night we were there, it was about two o'clock in the morning again. Uh, we actually heard footsteps on, on the deck again and heard the doorknob jingle, uh, we heard screams and yells and a little bit after that, uh, we started getting thrown, uh, rocks thrown at us, uh, at the cabin and rocks were hitting the cabin. So it's a pretty active area. To say. Yeah. Sounds like it. Brian, wasn't that Mary that was telling us about the casino in Oklahoma? Yes. I, I know. I know exactly what you you're know, talking, talking about. You know, we're talking about Chuck. Okay. Yes. Have you been yes. there? No. Yes, I was. I was with Mary. That, that oh, you night. were the guy. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you guys saw and, these things running around outside this casino. Yes, um, we had we had parked. Uh, there was a bunch of us there. There was probably ten or twelve of us, uh, and we were sitting in the truck. Me and Mary, and her sister, and uh, another guy. Another guy was driving. And, uh, I was sitting in the front seat on the passenger side and, and Mary, I think was standing, was sitting right behind me. And one of the guys had some pickup trouble and he had parked at this casino that night when we went out to do research. And, uh, so, um, when we went to several different places that night, that night and had some pretty good results of what we did. And then we went back to the casino and we were sitting at the casino uh, and they were trying to get his truck started. And, uh, me and Mary were kind of looking in the same direction at the same time. And the guy that was driving and Mary's sister, they were playing on their phones. <laughs> and, uh, all of a sudden, uh, I see, I see this Bigfoot 
come running around the side of the casino and he runs straight out in, in onto the highway and goes underneath this sign that's sitting about probably eight foot goes walks underneath this sign and goes into the wood line and he's running really really fast when this happens and i'm thinking to myself did i just see what i thought i saw and i said i think i just saw a bigfoot and mary goes yeah so did i and i said you did she goes yeah i said yeah it came from around the side of the casino and then ran across the highway and she goes yeah and then it walked under or ran under that sign and went into the wood line. I said, you saw it too. She said, yes, I did. And we were the only two, we were the only two people that saw that that night. And there was probably, there was probably 10 or 12 of us that were, that were around that area that night. Wow. I bet they were, they were mad with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a pretty active spot. I mean, um, we have found hair on barbed wire fence down there. Uh, we have found greasy handprints on the side of the dumpsters uh, because they had wow. there at the casino. They have a uh, a grill and stuff, and so at the end of the night, they throw all the trash and the food and stuff out there in that dumpster. And we've we have found greasy handprints on the dumpsters and hair sample. I mean, hair on the barbed wire fence where they cross the fence to get across over there. And <laughs> I mean, it's just it's a it's a really good area. And, um, you know, there's another casino that's only probably 20 miles from me here where I live. Uh, that place is called Concho and it's actually owned by the Cheyenne and Arapaho tribe. There's been, there's been sightings there. Uh, I actually took, uh, three pictures of a juvenile and I think I sent those to you guys, uh, where it looks like they're. Well, it's it's one face. It's a black face. Uh, you can clearly see the eyes and the nose and the mouth, and it's peeking through these uh, leaves. Uh, I took three pictures, and if if you look at those pictures in succession, you will see that it's actually moving its hand up over its face to cover its face because I think he knows I'm taking this picture. And uh, mm-hmm. but that's one of the. That's one of the pictures that I took there at the at the at that uh, reservation. I've been hit with infrasound before. Uh, I've experienced infrasound uh, two other times. What does that feel like? Can't you describe that for us? Uh, infrasound. I'm wondering about that. Infrasound is is very. It's kind of a scary situation, uh, and here's why. Uh, the very first time that I experienced it. I uh, I was in a place called uh, Red Rock Canyon, and uh, we had found a whole bunch of wood structures in this area. And this is a, a state park. And uh, I had one of the guys that I researched with and his wife came out there and they wanted to see these structures. So we're going way back into this area. Um, there's trails everywhere. And I was taking them to show them these structures. And we get to this one spot and I hear a growl. And I turned to them. They were behind me. I turned to them. I said, y'all hear that growl? And they said, yeah. And uh, I turned back around. And when I turned back around, I didn't know where I was. Um, I, I didn't know how to get back to camp. I didn't know what trail I was supposed to be on. I didn't know what trail I was on and I ended up, I mean, the two people that were with me, uh, neither one of them had ever been there before. So they didn't know how to get back. So we, we actually had to get a GPS to get me back to where our campground was. And that was, that was a pretty spooky experience. And another time that I experienced infrasound, it, it wasn't directed at me. It was directed to one of the guys that I researched with. He's an ex Marine guy. Well, there's no such thing as ex Marine. So I wouldn't call him an ex Marine anyway. Right. <laughs> so, uh, we found this huge TP structure and he went over to grab, uh, one of the, the tree parts of the tree that was 
part of this structure, he was going to lift it up to see how heavy it was. Well, he started to lift it up and I kind of looked the other way for a minute and I looked back over there and he was on his knees on the ground. And I said, what's the matter with you? He goes, you know, what's the matter with me? I said, you got hit by infrasound, didn't you? And he goes, yeah, I did. And I Mm. said, well, what are you feeling? He said, man, it feels like the top of my head's about to explode. Well, that, that was an experience that he had. And then, uh, over at, at this, Cheyenne and Arapaho Reservation, I took a, a, a girl that was with me, um, wanted to go out, and I took her out to this area, and we were looking looking for different things, and they had a, uh, a walk bridge that went across a creek uh, because there's water that boils up out of the ground there, and it produces a, a stream, and uh, we were on this walking bridge going across it, and I was in front. And that's where I took the picture of the 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 little one that was peeking between uh, out of the out of the leaves. Well, as we're walking across this bridge, um, I hear a growl, and I turned to her and I said, "Did you hear a growl?" And she said, "Yeah, I did." So I start walking across the bridge, and she's behind me. And next thing I know, she grabs me by the back of my shirt. She said, "We have to turn around," and I said. Why? And she goes, because I, I feel like I'm sick. I feel like I'm fixing to throw up. So mm. there's, it affects people in different ways. Um, and they pinpoint it on certain individuals. Like for me, when I got hit, it was because I was in the lead. I think I was walking down uh, an area they didn't like the fact that I was walking in that area or take bringing these people in there. So they hit me. Um, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know, especially about infrasound and what it, what it affects and how it affects people. But that was, that was three different times that I've been around infrasound that, that each one was a different experience. It feels like they can, dial it up and down too as they need to like they can make it more intense if they really had to sure or wanted to well one of the things that i thought of uh through all this is that the one that she got hit the one that growled when she got hit i think was a juvenile that was a juvenile that was that's was pretty obvious and i think the one that hit me when i was showing these people these wood structures that one growled. Uh, I think it was a juvenile. Now, when my marine buddy got hit, we never heard a sound, uh, no sound at all. And I think that that was an adult. Uh, I think that was the full-grown uh, male or female that that hit us, hit him with infrasound uh, when he was messing with the structure. Now, I th- think that. In her case, when she got hit, and my case, when I got hit, in both of those situations, we heard growls. And I think they're, I, I think the infrasound comes from vocal cords or something, uh, something of that nature, to where when they're little bitty, they're not able to do infrasound unless they put some emphasis with a growl right. or something like that into it. That's yeah, that would make sense. That's theory. I mean, you know, uh, you yeah, know. being young and they're learning and right. Yeah, that would make sense. So, yeah, I'm going back through the pictures that you had sent us, and I had forgotten about the one that really struck me. Tell us about the dogman picture. <laughs> okay. Yeah, was that the land between the lakes? No, no, no. no. Uh, that was here in Oklahoma. Oh wow. Um, the dogman picture. Uh, I'll tell you the story behind that. I didn't take that picture and neither did one of my buddies. Um, there's a place in, in South Oklahoma um, that's called the Wichita mountains. Uh, there's a lot of history about the Wichita mountains. Uh, supposedly uh, Jesse and Frank James actually buried some gold there at one time. Oh yeah. I heard about that. And uh, so, um, 
there was this guy um, that that's what he does. He goes to the Wichita Mountains and he walks through the Wichita Mountains and that's what he's looking for is Frank and Jesse's gold. Uh, this guy is not a believer in Bigfoot. He's not a believer in cryptids, nothing of that nature. Um, he just goes there looking for the gold. Now, he is friends with one of my research buddies. And um, uh, one day he was out there looking for this gold. And uh, my research buddy um, gets a phone call from him. And he tells this buddy of mine, he says, hey, uh, I'm getting kind of freaked out. He said, well, what are you getting freaked out about? He said, well, there's something following me through the woods. And he said, I don't know what it is. And he said, can you see it? And he said, yeah, I can see it. He said, well, how far is it from you? And he said, it's about probably 30, 30, 35 yards from me. And he said, can you take a picture of it? And he said, yeah, I can take a picture of it. So he said, well, take a picture of it. Call me back. Send, send me the picture. Let me look at it. Call me and call me. He said, okay. So he takes the picture, sends it to my buddy. My buddy looks at it and thinks, oh my gosh, we need to get this guy out of there as fast as we can. So my, uh, he calls him and he says, hey, he said, you need to, you need to get back to your vehicle and get out of there he said don't run don't panic just walk uh but don't don't run and he said well what is it and he goes well it's something that we call we call it a dog man and he said they'll they'll come out in the daylight they'll come out they're not afraid of people um and he said just get to your car and he said call me when you leave there well, this guy goes all the way back to his car, gets in his car, leaves, calls him up. He said, he said, uh, man, that thing followed me all the way to my car. <laughs> and, uh, he said, well, we're, we're just glad that you got out of there. But that's mm -hmm. the story behind that picture. Um, wow. there's that, that whole area up there, it's, it's, part of an army uh, military base there um, on part of the mountain range. Um, I think that that's where a lot of Frank and Jesse's gold is because you can't get in there. Um, <laughs> but um, there is, um, there's been Bigfoot sightings there. Actually, white ones have actually been seen in there. There were two white ones that have been seen several times in that area, um, hmm. which I always thought you know, that's the, that's the only one I've never, ever seen is a white one. And I'd love to see a white one. But uh, anyway. Yeah. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously. They squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals. And then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. I found that many multivitamins contain high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England, not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. I'd love just to see, see one period. What are you talking about? Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah any color. I'm freaking purple. If you want. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I just don't want to see one. For the audience, we're talking about this dogman picture. What we're looking at is a... It's more of a black silhouette, but you can definitely tell that this is this thing has ears, and you can see the shape of of a maybe a wolf head. Mm -hmm. But you can tell mm -hmm. that in these uh, brush, this brush that it's standing in, it's fairly tall. And if you zoom in close enough, you can almost almost see the the outline or the eye area in the mouth open. 
and it's pretty creepy looking. Uh, maybe we can try to post this when we when we put this episode out there, Chuck. Yeah, we'll definitely. Mind. Yeah, we'll definitely oh. post it if you don't if you don't mind. You guys are more than welcome to use any of my pictures. Cool. I don't. Okay. Uh, I, you know, that's that's the one reason why I why I do what I do. I mean, I, you know, my my stuff that I I catch, uh, I believe needs to be out there. Um, if somebody wants to look at my pictures, they're more than welcome to. I I don't have a problem with that. Um, cool. You know, my when I got into this, the thing that led me more than anything else is to tell the truth and be truthful about everything that I see and everything that I do. Um, mm-hmm. After all, this is this is uh, a learning uh, type lesson for me every time I go into the woods. And um, you know, people people have got to know the truth. People have got to know that these things do exist, and there's things out there in the woods that that we don't know uh, are out there. I, I do believe that. Um, right. So, you know, people have got to be aware. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was looking at uh, Oklahoma on the map, on the satellite map. It's actually a lot more wooded than I even expected Oklahoma to be. People say Oklahoma, I think, kind of like farmland. But you guys have a lot more wooded area than not. In that right. state, so and I can see there been a lot of things hiding out there. If you if you look out into western Oklahoma, there is a lot of uh, crevices and valleys that it's real deceiving. I mean, it looks like flatland, and a lot of it is flatland. But when you go out further west, you have hills and crevices and canyons and. Um, and we have found Bigfoot all over the state of Oklahoma. Um, one of the one of the biggest ones that we've actually seen uh, lays down a twenty a twenty three inch track. Um, wow, he he's a big boy, and we've actually think we've seen him a couple times. Um, he'll we'll, we'll go down certain trails, and he'll. Throw, he'll throw a branch down uh, when we come back through. He'll throw a branch on the ground, uh, saying, "Yeah, you, you guys, I, I know you're here. Now you know I'm here." Um, but we've we found 23 inch tracks in several different areas, um, one on the western side of the state and and one on the eastern part of the state. The one on the eastern part of the state, it was a a right foot and a left foot 23 inch track. In, in a lady's backyard and she lived in a residential area. I, I mean, we, we find stuff like that constantly. Um, you wouldn't think that they would come into a residential area, but they, they do it very often. So yeah, we've been hearing more and more about that too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they study us more than we study them. Obviously. I think they, they sneak around and peek in windows, uh, wherever the opportunity rises, where houses are oh, set yeah. by the wood line. So they know a lot more about us than we do about them. Absolutely. Have you have you have you guys heard of them following people yeah, back to their homes? Yeah, we've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you a real quick story. Uh, about a mile down the road from me is a creek. And I had heard from three different people here in town. Uh, they came to me and told me, hey, we're we're seeing monkeys on the creek. And I said, uh, you guys ain't seeing monkeys. We ain't got no monkeys in Oklahoma on a creek. We just don't. So I started going down there and looking at this area. And uh, I found a 16-inch track down there. And uh, one day I was down there. It was kind of rainy and cold. And I just drove down there. And uh, had my camera with me, and something told me I need to get my, I need to stop my truck and get my camera. So I did, and I started uh, looking in this area, and uh, with my 300 millimeter zoom lens, and I actually caught one that was in the brush. Took a picture of it. Well, I thought, okay, well, now that I've got proof that they're on the creek down here, just a mile from me, you know, I'm not going to have to go very far to research if I want to research. Mm-hmm. Well. I, uh, a couple, couple nights go by and, uh, one night I was laying in bed asleep 
about two o'clock in the morning, I hear this big slap on the window uh, that's right next to my my uh, headboard on my bed. And as soon as I heard it, I knew exactly what it was. I jumped up, uh, ran outside with the spotlight. Uh, but by the time I got out to the yard in the spotlight, he was gone. But I, I knew what it was, uh, especially at that time during the day. There's nobody in this town that gets out at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. So I, I knew what it was. And uh, But, yeah, that was, that's was that been my one experience where they actually followed me home. So Wow. You've definitely been involved in a lot of uh, Bigfoot activity, Chuck, in your life. Yeah, no kidding. Well, that was awesome. Man, I've got all kinds of stories. Uh, if you guys need me to come back on or something, I'd, I'd be more than happy well, to. That's, yeah, we'll most certainly have you back on. That's what I do. Yeah. That's how yeah. I do it. So. For sure. I want to hear some more about Land Between the Lakes. <laughs> yeah. Because we, we're going to plan on going there sometime soon. Do you have any active uh, Facebook group or YouTube channel? Well, the only thing I'm. You know, the only thing I have right now is just my, uh, my YouTube. I mean, not YouTube, my, uh, Facebook. Um, I have a lot of my pictures on Facebook and it's just me and my last name, Chuck Slabs. And, um, they can look me up on Facebook. Uh, I used to have a YouTube channel at one time. I did, I've done probably 200 shows, I guess, uh, in the past. And, uh, they were all on YouTube, but, uh, I had something strange happen to me. Uh, it's kind of a long story, but I, I lost all my shows on YouTube and I've, I've started to, uh, trying to get things back together to where I can actually, uh, get back on. And, uh, I had over 5,000 subscribers at one time and, um, uh, I still get emails and people message me all the time, dude, you need to get your show back on the air. And oh, yeah. so I'm, I'm gradually getting that back together so yeah definitely uh bring yeah, that back. i hope you do yeah we want to thank you for being here tonight and talking with us and coming on the show man oh you bet anytime yeah, uh you guys want me on again sometime just give me a holler let me know and uh i'll be more than happy to get back on there with you excellent yeah we'll be happy to talk to you anytime all right all right bud we thank you again all right, Chuck. All right. thanks we appreciate it you bet it's been an honor and a pleasure thank you guys same here man take all care right. You know, we're kind of hearing that a lot where guys are working, the utility guys working out there, and he sees a Bigfoot right. watching him. I know they're on the side of the road in these wooded road areas. Road crew guys, yep. Bigfoot's just checking them out. I couldn't imagine that, if especially if it happened at nighttime or it was darker and you saw one of those things oh. just watching you. Yeah, I would. that would freak me out. There's probably been a lot of guys out there, a lot of people out there in that industry that have had the same thing happen to them and just haven't come forward, I'm guessing. So, no, no. Yeah. Hey, if you're listening to this show, come forward. Yeah, please. We'd love to hear it. If you've had an encounter, shoot us an email, info at cryptidcreatures.co, or you can go on our website. That is www.cryptidcreatures.net. You can leave your story. Submit your story you can find to us. us on and, Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. Yep. So let us know what's going on and um, Twitter what you've experienced and we'd love to hear from you so absolutely with that note sir we will get out of here appreciate your time today right on man always fun all right until next time see ya Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. 
Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.